I'm Stephen. And I'm Kevin. In today's episode of the Stephen and Kevin Show, we're going to talk about some best practices around activity tracking. Welcome back, everybody, to episode number 49 of the Stephen and Kevin Show. Today, we're going to be talking about activity tracking. And to get us in the mood for activity tracking, I thought I would pull out a study that we found. This is on uh, activity tracking for weight loss. And you think, that's the activity that most people are tracking. You see these devices everywhere. I have one. I enjoy it. Uh, it's kind of almost trendy to have one nowadays, isn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah. it's certainly more socially acceptable where, like... Uh, you know, fitness style watch now, even in business attire, right? Than back in the day when you had like a Timex uh, Iron Man, yeah, type well, that, watch. that's very true. But uh, nevertheless, so this was a, a study that happened late last year, and I heard it on NPR originally. And many of you have probably heard about this study too, where they measured the effectiveness of fitness trackers. The title of, the, of this article was "Weight Loss on Your Wrist?" Question mark Fitness trackers may not help. Hmm. So. Reading into this a little bit further, this was done at the University of Pennsylvania, and they studied 470 people. They were put on a low-calorie diet, and they were asked to exercise more. They all started losing weight. Six months in, half the group members started self-reporting their diet and exercise, meaning they had to actually write down what did they do, what did they eat, and the other half were given fitness trackers to monitor their activity. After two years, both groups were active, but the people with the fitness trackers lost less weight. Hmm. So here we are starting an activity tracking podcast, and we're talking about this study that proved that these risk-based activity trackers did not help, in fact. Now, they have their speculation as to why that was the case. They said these technologies are focused on physical activity, like taking steps and blah, blah, blah. And they think people would say, oh, I exercised a lot today. Now I can eat more. Uh, we, we were thinking about it a little bit differently in terms of why one group might have seen more results than the other, even though both were tracking one group was manually tracking their activity. And when you're manually tracking, if you've got out a pen and paper and you're tracking some of what you're doing, you're more dialed into your activity regimen. Well, you're consciously thinking about it. I mean, you have to report it, and I think it's a little bit, it incorporates more of an accountability mechanism into it. But right, and you're probably not writing down when you took a flight of stairs or walked into the office from your car, mm -hmm. things that you're given credit for when you're wearing a risk-based activity monitor. And so... The people who had to write it down lost more weight than those who had it automated in the background. And we think about this from an advisory perspective. Your firm, more than likely, if you're a mid to large size firm, you've got all kinds of metrics. Mm -hmm. They keep tabs on your new clients and assets added. They keep tabs on your total assets under management. All good things to know. But we also see advisors who get a little bit of false confidence when they see those numbers rising. And there are times when your total assets under management figure is rising. Because maybe you got a, a couple of extra accounts, or maybe you uh, just had general market rise, mm -hmm. right? But maybe you shouldn't feel so good about that if your activity levels are lower. So, you know, the reason for today's podcast is we're talking about with our coaching clients is we need to be tracking not just the total financial results here, but what gets us there? What are some of the activities that we ought to be tracking? Yeah, and, and today's podcast really came out of the idea of um, an activity tracker we're working on called Activity Analytics for coaching clients. Uh, shameless plug there. Um, that's going to assign different point values to different activities and help them track some of those activities that ultimately will lead to the end result that we're, we're going for. Right, exactly. And very few advisors do this in general. 
We find when you are a newer advisor, you had to do this. Mm -hmm. You had to keep a tick sheet of calls you made or doors you knocked on. But as you evolve into activities that are a little more relationship-based, people tend to get away from the tracking. Right. So, I mean, going back to the article, though, I mean, so the biggest point was that it's the, the, actually the group that it would write it down physically did better. The way, right? yeah, the way that you track makes a big difference. Even if they there could you automate your total, your, your total marketing output. So let's say somebody got real smart and they could all of a sudden determine without you inputting anything, how many client events you did, how many introductions you requested, how many times when you are out right. socially, you asked for the business. That's great, but it probably wouldn't help you do that much more of that activity mm-hmm. as opposed to going through an exercise like what we're talking about here, where you're physically writing it down and holding yourself accountable. Yeah. Um, We think there are a lot of benefits to tracking activity, like, you know, that self-accountability, I think developing a discipline around certain activities, Mm -hmm. not forgetting to do certain things, developing the right habits. Um, There there are infinite benefits to tracking the the right types of of activities. Um, But... There are a lot of kind of good ways to go about this and bad ways to go about this, too, because we've seen the extremes of advisors who track absolutely everything. Right. And then it's just they have this huge spreadsheet and it turns into this onerous task where they track things for the sake of tracking them. So we're going to give you some best practice today when it comes to tracking, um, because we think it's a valuable tool uh, when it comes to doing the right things. But you got to do it the right way. Who's the team, Kevin? We'd worked with a team a while back who had tracked so much throughout the year. They had tracked every action in their practice that was any way related to marketing throughout the entire year. Every team member did it. And they somehow at the end of the year did the math between the new assets that came in the door and their total activity output so that they knew going into the next year, if they wanted to do this level of new business plus some, here's what how much activity we had to complete. Wow. That's about as scientific as I've seen anybody do it. Right. Now, most people aren't willing to track activity for a day, much less a year. Mm-hmm. So... Let's walk before we run, and let's talk a little bit about the activities that we think people ought to track, Kevin. What would you say, short list, what, would, what do people want to track? You, you want to track um, what we call your $1,000-an-hour activities. So these are activities that uh, – the handful of activities that drive the majority of business revenue and future growth of your business. So these might be things like review meetings with top clients. It might be socializing with top clients, hosting intimate events, sourcing names, asking for introductions, meetings meetings with CPAs, and so mm-hmm. forth. And you have to determine kind of what those are for you, but they're the handful of activities that drive that business forward. And most we said, we, we said handful, right? Yeah, because we can get a little bit carried away with this, and all of a sudden the system's so burdensome where you feel like, here, here's, a, here's a difference. Some people track everything that they could possibly track because they feel like that gives them the best measurement. And it probably does, but it takes a lot of time. And yeah. other people will track the handful of things that they know are most important and that they know they may neglect if they don't track it. Right? That's true. We think we see more, we see more success with the, the group that tracks a handful of things that are really critical, but that you might forget. Right. So that, that kind of leads me to the next question here. What are things that you should not be tracking? Stuff that is minor Things that you would do anyway without tracking might make you feel good to say, let's track review meetings. But if you've been doing two a day for your entire career. And you know you're not going to waver from that anyway. No need to track certain things if you know you're going to be really good with them. Yeah. I mean, I worked with an advisor before who was just obsessive with tracking things. And it would almost be just because he wanted the, the points. Right. Mm-hmm. I got to get so many points a day. And he was tracking things that really it was just taking up too much time for him to track them. And it wasn't it wasn't worth it in the first place. Right. 
So, and, and we also would say don't track to a level that is in that, that you're not able to keep up with, mm-hmm. right? So we have some people who will say, you know what? I'm definitely going to go big this year with client acquisition. Here's all the stuff I'm going to do every week. And they realize about a week into it, they can't keep that up. That's if they true. did, they'd be burnt out or they'd burn bridges or, or any number of things that happen when you extend yourself a little too much. And it's no different than exercise. I've been battling an injury and I'm thinking next week, getting back out, trying to get in some uh, some better exercise. But I'm thinking to myself, all right, I have a tendency to overdo it. I need consistency. I need to be able to re- remain into this game plan for a while. And if you overdo it, much like in marketing, you're not able to sustain it. So well, It makes me think about activity goals too. Like when you, when you set an activity goal, it needs to be a realistic goal mm-hmm. for you. So like, for example, like let's say you want to ask, start asking for introductions, but if you ask, how many are you asking for right now? And you're saying, well, none. Well, how many are you going to start doing? I'm going to ask for five a week. Maybe you need to go to one or two a week, right? And like to your point, the consistency is the key. Don't set unrealistic activity goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's a question, Kevin. Who do you share activity tracking with? Um, I, I'd say that you share activity tracking with, obviously, if you have a coach, um, so, or maybe an accountability partner. Mm-hmm. I think that makes a, a ton of sense. Um, I, I don't think it's a bad thing to share it with maybe a spouse uh, so that you can mm-hmm. tell them, hey, the reason I'm going to this function is I'm trying to do this, and that's my end goal. You can kind of justify it a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the people who are the closest to you, you don't start telling every single person that you know about it because – well, some people, especially if you start telling your friends, they might uh, jab you a little bit about it. Hey, you well, get, you're getting points for doing this? You know? <laughs> right? Yeah, but you want to tell enough people to where it's embarrassing if you fall short. Uh, that, you know, you uh, want to yeah, tell at least yeah. a couple of people in your life who are going to be pleasant reminders of it. And it links to the another question, which is, how do you re- re- reward yourself for achieving your activity goals? Well, you re- re- reward yourself. <laughs> this is what happens oh, when, you shoot at the end of, when you shoot at the end of the day on Friday. I'm just glad you handed me that one. That was great. Um, uh, no, you, you know, when you talk about rewards, you want your support network to be bought into it. I like rewards that include your support network. I so, like that. Team, That's if good. we hit XYZ goal, we're all going to celebrate or... Uh, spouse, which you wouldn't call him or her spouse, but no. uh, spouse. If we hit the, if I hit my goals this week, we're going out and, and doing X this weekend, something we both enjoy. Yeah, and that's right? one of the things. So when we're developing this weekly activity scorecard, which is something that we're we're using with, um, we're going to start using with coaching clients very soon. It's a new tool called Activity Analytics. We have a section here: my reward if I reach mm-hmm. my point target. So you set a weekly reward, and it's not like an extravagant reward. It's something that's pretty. Uh, it's it's a it's a it's. A middle of the road reward. How do you say? It? What do you say? Yeah, we're not saying you have to go out and buy yourself something big buy every a new week car or something. Yeah. No, no. I mean, this could be that you know, like you, you said, dinner was great. Yeah, yeah. That you know, we're going to treat ourselves to to getting a sitter for the kids and going for a long bike ride or something. Or I mean, I'm going to get a massage at the end of the week. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, um, so yeah, there, there's the yin and the yang. You're going to work hard, but you want to reward yourself at the end of it. Yep. Now. If you're a coaching client, we'd love to have you using this activity scorecard. By the time you watch this, it'll be released. We're just doing some final proofing so that as you get about halfway in, you realize that the numbers do, in fact, match up and that our sheet works. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're not a coaching client, you should be, and we're open to uh, to new enrollees. We don't have a certain time of the year that you have to enroll at a certain time. Uh, you can talk with us anytime, and we'll tell you point blank whether or not we think there's a fit with our program or not. It's not fit for everybody. No. But if you're in a growth mode, if you're looking to grow your business in any capacity, we've got a wide range of experts who can help you. 
Uh, one more point about activity tracking, and that is that not active all activities are equal. Mm, good right? point. Yeah. So one of the things that we're big fans of when it comes to activity tracking is assigning point values to various activities. Some things are more out of comfort zone. Some things drive more business results than other things, and and so there you have to weight them accordingly. Yeah. Just soaking it all in, man. Yeah, yeah. Soak, 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 it, soak it in. One, I mean, again, one of the things in, in this, <laughs> that's, one, that's what you say when you don't have another commentary ready to go. When, right? I'm, when I'm already thinking, gosh, it is about time to go home on Friday. Yeah, it uh, is end of the day on Friday. But, hey, we appreciate you watching. If you have a question, use hashtag Ask Stephen and Kevin on Twitter, on Instagram, on um, LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're happy to feature one of your questions for the show. All right. So get tracking next week. Big week. Thanks, everybody.